Um, so true. I literally... Okay, now you can hear me. Good now. Yay! Another another Saturday and another another tragic tech thing for me. <laughs> but better than last week. That's good. Uh, Little improvements are good. Yeah, we'll take those. We'll take those. Um, okay, so just to recap what I said while I was muted, I said another <laughs> week. We're six games in. I've hosted four of these, and I am talking about yet another loss. And I know someone someone texted this to me during one of the intermissions, and I tweeted it. If you follow me, I'm at SamanthaCP underscore. And uh, what they said was, maybe we can just try Travis Green for 15 games and then try Bruce again. It's kind of like plugging in uh-huh. and unplugging your laptop, which <laughs> is actually what I just did to fix the audio. Nice. High tech. Maybe that would work. I mean, they are technically paying Travis Green $3 million to not coach this season. Just bring him back. Try I mean, him over a little bit. You know, rally the said, rally the troops. They said he was the issue, but uh, doesn't really look like it. <laughs> yeah, gets into segment number one. Maybe the team is just bad. Yeah. So, as Cody alluded to, we are now winless in six. We are the only team in the league that has zero wins, including the San Jose Sharks, who are just atrocious. And if you. I'm assuming if you're with us, you watched the game. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the Canucks lost to the Buffalo Sabres, who are also not a good team. This is, I don't, I would say so far, they have not lost to an actually good team. No, they've made teams that should objectively be very bad look very, very good. Yeah. Uh, Columbus, Philadelphia, and now Buffalo by like a pretty wide margin, too. I mean, I guess the OT loss to Columbus was close, but... But it's Columbus. It's Columbus, exactly. Like, I think during that game, I had been tweeting, like, okay, Eric Goodbranson, to this point of the season, had something like a 5v5 shot attempt differential of, like, minus 77. And by the end of the game, he he had a positive shot attempt differential against the Canucks. And it's like, how, how at all... Do you start the season with ambitions of getting to playoffs and having like success and you allow that to happen? (laughs) That's just so bad to me. And then you tonight, it's like the Sabres are fun. They're young. They don't know any better, but they lose a defenseman. So they're down to five guys and, and you still look like you're just checked out. Like I'm sure people in the chat watched tonight's game and you saw the effort level and you were thinking to yourself in the third period, like, Oh, they're like completely gassed. They just don't have the legs under them. But it's like, it's your home debut. You haven't won a game. Poor Bruce Boudreaux looking for win number 600 <laughs> since the start of the season. It's been two weeks. He just I'm... wants his he just wants his little uh, plaque that says 600. Come on, guys. It's unbelievable. Um, what, did, what stood out to you tonight? What do you think was the story of the game for you? Oh, story of the game... It happened real late, end of the second period, little jaw action between uh, Luke Shen and JT Miller after a bit of a misplay in the D zone that resulted in, uh, you know, some Buffalo Sabres pressure. Not a good look. You can have fiery personalities. You can have guys talking on the ice and, you know, giving each other lip when they make mistakes, so long as it leads to, you know, positive play uh, improvements because they're all out for the same goal, which is to win games and to play 
like you know they're good and play up to their level and here it's just like embarrassing it's like watching like kids argue at like a playground or something like it's just like everyone's just trying to point fingers like like i'm minus two on the night because you're not like moving your legs like it's just it's cringe like it's very embarrassing like to watch these games and like you almost want to like hide the fact that you're watching the game from like your friends like if like your friend walked in the room was like oh what are you watching and you're like um definitely not a canucks game because <laughs> you don't want to admit it because it's so embarrassing watching these like grown adults bicker and argue for a 4-2 loss against like a bottom feeder team or what should be a bottom feeder team we're getting a we're getting a lot of uh heat in the chat from Sabres fans who are in here telling me that Sabres are a top tier team sorry when I say a good team (laughs) I mean like I'm sorry my bar for a good team is very high I mean like Colorado I'm not saying the Sabres are terrible this season but we're not like let's be a little realistic they are playing much better than they have been in the last few seasons I'm very happy for you Alex Tuck is doing great Rasmus Delian is a generational defenseman but (laughs) let's not get ahead of ourselves okay and let me talk about how bad the Canucks are (laughs) Yeah, at the end of the day, it's like, okay, Buffalo fans, like, we get it. You've suffered for a long time. You're in your heyday right now because Kyle Ocposo is being, like, awesome. You got, like, J.J. Paterka, Jack Quinn. You have all these, like, young, like, incredible players from the AHL coming up and just, like, producing, like, it's nobody's business. That's great. Really happy for you. But, like, relative to the NHL folks, they aren't, like, a top-tier team. Okay? It doesn't need to be, you don't have to take offense over it. Enjoy what they're doing right now. You know, they still have a ways to go because, like, they're rocking 62 year old Craig Anderson in net, which is great for him. But, like, come on, guys. If Craig Anderson takes you guys to the semifinals of, like, like the Stanley Cup playoffs, like, that would be a great story. Good, good for you. It'd be great for him. You know, he can, you know, go to country kitchen buffet and get a senior's discount and you know show off his cup ring like that's really cool of him okay going back to the story of the game the jt miller luke shen brouhaha i think it ties back into for me an ongoing story which you and i are going to jump into more in the second segment of who's been the worst player but what is going on with jt miller like uh he's for me the concerning part about the concerning part about the game was that he made the soft pass he was on for the first goal and if he needs Luke Shen to be the one giving him a talking to when he's supposed to be the leader of the team you know we've had people saying he should be the captain over Bo Horvat like to me that's that is a bad sign for a guy who we have signed to a long-term contract. Yeah, it's not a it's not really great when it's the extension hasn't even kicked in yet and you've got people booing him when he's just touching the puck in the third period. Yeah. Like and he knows it too. Like he had that interview with Patrick Johnson where he was like, "Yeah, like I'm not like going to complain or like uh get mad at myself for my play. Like I think I've been playing fine. Things are just going to go my way," which is like of course he's going to say that. He's not going to be like, yeah, I suck, and I'm never going to change. I'm just going to be crappy for the next eight years. Like He's never going to say that. But it is a bit concerning when he goes from being a 99-point player to, what was the stat? He was on ice for, for eight or nine goals he against. He was on for the first nine goals against of the season. Yeah, which 
<laughs> it's kind of funny when you're a Canucks fan. You're like, of course. It's like the Louis Erickson thing. You you signed him to a six-year deal for $36 billion. And this is like first ship. He has an own goal. And then you sign Miller to this giant extension. You have a bunch of talk about whether or not like they'll even keep Bo Horvat anymore because they can't afford him. And for the first like few games, like it's just nothing but goals against for him. Well, and he... The worst part is he gave that interview to Patrick Johnson with the province the other day and said, quote, I'm not going to change the way I'm playing away from the pocket in my own end because I don't think I've given up much of anything there. Yeah, that's a it's an audacious quote. Pretty it's pretty bold. I respect him for the hustle of committing to the bit where he's just like, I'm playing fine. Don't worry about it. People watch the games and I feel like now that obviously the points haven't really been coming to him. He's been struggling. Like, it's really funny. Like just how kind of hyper focused, like the Twitter is right now on every play he has off the puck and away from the puck. So like, if he like has a kind of like a, like a half-assed back check in the neutral zone, there's like 17 accounts tweeting videos of it being like, he's not trying anymore. Whereas last year when he was doing the exact same thing, there was nothing because he was scoring three points a night. So if he gets back to scoring three points a night, maybe people forget that's what you get with him. It's like hit or miss on the defensive play. Uh, kind of hope that happens soon, though, because we're six games in and you know, there, there's really it. nothing going. They, the team needs it, clearly, because Elias Patterson, God bless him, is trying, but he can only do so much. Um, but yeah, like when you have... $56 million coming down the pipeline with a no trade clause. Speaking of Buffalo Sabres, all those fans who are really happy right now that they're going to hit 50 wins this season and uh, win a cup, uh, they were lamenting that Jeff Skinner signing the minute it happened or the year after because the coach changed how they played him, uh, didn't produce any points, it wasn't doing much defensively, and uh, now, now look at him, they're, they're fine with him because he's just okay but this team isn't paying or extending JT Miller just to be okay. And so that the fact that extension hasn't even started and it's below just okay is a little scary for Canucks fans. And uh, it's not great. <laughs> All right. Uh, chat is going off. We're going to jump into our second segment after I shout out our sponsor and you guys can start, start answering the question that Cody and I are going to talk about, which is who do you think has been the Canucks worst player so far uh before we get into that question uh shout out to sports interaction want to bet you can do it at sports interaction canada's sports book football continues the world series is around the corner and they have dropped the puck on the hockey season bet pregame live in play or on one of our many prop bets made for canadians by canadians sports interaction makes it easy to deposit play and cash out Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Head to sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. That's sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. Ontario only, 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Okay. The big question for me watching this game, and I know we've we've done a huge segment on JT Miller already, <laughs> but for, but, you know, I think somebody else in the chat has said this already, Demko has not been Vezina level, which is what they basically need him to be to even have a shot at being a playoff team. 
Uh, Bo Horvat's gotten a lot of flack the first few games, although I think he's been better the last couple of games. Brock Besser has been essentially non-existent. For you, who do you think is the biggest concern so far? I think the biggest concern has to be probably one of Brock Besser or Bo Horvat. Horvat had like a rough start to the season where no points were coming. He was basically doing what Miller's doing kind of the last four games where like he's kind of looking a little slow, looking a little lazy on his defensive play. Points were coming, so naturally he was a lightning rod for the fans' frustrations at another bad start and all the blown leads. Uh, Besser looked really slow tonight against the Sabres, and obviously his speed has never really been his game. Uh, he's been really good in board battles. He's been uh, good as like a setup man. Like That's why the lotto line was so good. It's just that he was good at winning puck retrievals and getting it to Miller or Pedersen, but now that he's not on that line... His uh, skating issues are just like more like blatant and kind of egregious. And obviously, like we know he rushed back from an injury, so there is concern like if he's just trying to push through something, which might be like hampering his ability to actually succeed, uh, which isn't really great, but if like it's just kind of like the Miller thing, like if these guys can't get going again when you're you know six or ten games deep, like it's hard to crawl your way out of that hole. And Besser is a guy that usually, you know, puts up at least 20 goals. And His goal for himself at the start of the season before he got injured was, I want to hit 30 this year. And that's almost like he's cursed himself because he's just like, doesn't even look like he can hit 10 right now. Like he's missing the net on every shot. He's just doesn't look confident. He looks like he looks injured. Basically is what I'm trying to say. Maybe another situation where, He's rushed back. Yeah, like, same thing with, like, Myers, too. Like, Myers had his injury where it was, they were like, oh, it's going to be four weeks before he, or two to four weeks before he's back. And then, like, within five or six days, he's, like, flying out to uh, Columbus or Washington or wherever it was to play in a game. And he just did, you know, Myers things, which is, like, fine. Not worth six million, but, you know, he's playing a ton of minutes, which is what you need him for. And it's the same thing. It's like, if he's trying to, you know, push his way through injury like it's not going to lead to better on ice results and that might be what Besser's doing too Um, on on the Myers front I think this is probably the fourth consecutive show where I've talked about this but (laughs) as we all know Rutherford said before the season started the blue line is quote (laughs) certainly adequate of healthy and they haven't been healthy remotely healthy and tonight you know they didn't even have we started off down Dermott down Pullman down Myers like you said Myers came back possibly sooner than he should have we're down Stillman and then tonight Mm -hmm. down Hughes and this is this was a deficient blue line to begin with and somebody suggested that OEL is a candidate for worst player so far which (laughs) you know for the for the contract he's got is and and what he did on that second goal very arguable (laughs) yeah I get I understand like the OEL hate because like like even I'm like a critic of that trade because it was such a win now move and you know save my job type thing from the last uh, GM, but like he's been fine. Like, what do you want him to do? He's put into a first line or a first pairing role, and he doesn't have the wheels under him anymore to be a first pairing defenseman. Like he just doesn't. And like asking him to be like the number one guy when he uses out, like it's just not the same. 
like sure he looks okay on power play one but like like he's doing he's doing what he can and that's what you can say about like a lot of these guys it's like it's just like the roster's been so poorly constructed year over year that it's like everyone is doing what they can with their limitations and it's just not good enough but the team this team that keeps signing these guys or bringing them back over and over again should be smart enough or cognizant enough of these limitations that they know they need to be cha- like to change them up like to your point about the quote where they said it was certainly adequate of healthy like when has a defense ever been healthy and if it's just certainly adequate maybe you should have targeted that area to improve because you're down Hughes even if you're down Myers it, like it's terrible yeah. And it wasn't good to begin with. Like, I, I think what are you guys doing? Yeah, if you're at the point where your ability to make the playoffs depends on Tucker Pullman, Travis Dermott, and Tyler Myers being 100% healthy, and mm. Thatcher Demko playing most of the games at a Vezina Trophy contender level, I think that speaks more to the weaknesses of your roster overall rather than... <laughs> rather than each of those individual players, even though I think in this market we tend to we tend to give a lot of grief to players who are underperforming, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I, I don't think anyone's, I don't think anyone's saying like Tyler Myers is bad period. OEL is bad period. It's just that yeah. relative to where this team is at relative to what they're getting paid. Mm-hmm. None of this it's like, makes it, any sense together. Yeah. It's like the sum of their parts, like it's just not good enough individually. Like they're whatever overpaid here and there, but it's like, it's just the sum of their parts thing. Like it's just not good enough. And it's unfortunate that like a lot of people who've watched this team over the last eight years kind of recognize that and like what you would assume to have been a pretty well put together front office evaluated this team over the back half of the Boudreaux era decided that their back end speed wasn't good enough decided that their speed wasn't good enough their zone exits were a problem from the defense decided it's fine We'll we'll handle it next year. Let's just sign JT Miller and worry about the rest later. That's pretty concerning. And that's going to lead to what we saw tonight, which was jerseys on the ice. Game one of uh, their first homestand. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's, that's going to be the segue into our third segment. And I, I know I saw somebody say, I feel like there's more Sabres fans than Canucks fans in this chat. And I, I would generally <laughs> agree reading the tenor of the chat. This is a question that I think everyone can get into. My primary question for the third segment, where do you stand on the Jersey toss? I know last season when it happened in Edmonton, when it's happened in Toronto, there have been some traditional hockey media members who get super offended they think it's classless they think it's uh not acceptable how do you feel about the jersey toss tell us in the comments and also i'm going to ask cody to kick us off okay doesn't matter where you stand for or against at the end of the day tossing a jersey on the ice is very funny <laughs> when when that person tossed a jersey onto the ice when the Leafs lost and they were like leading the division. That is so funny because jerseys aren't cheap. We all know it. We've all, you know, peruse sport check when they're on 50% off for Christmas time. We all get the discounted deals, but you know, some people buy them full price and to decide you are so mad at your team for losing one game out of 82. That's pretty awesome. Good for that person. You do whatever you want with your money. I just, 
I love it. It is so funny. Just seeing the refs like skate over and pick it up or like the players pick it up with their stick and like awkwardly bring it back to the bench. Like it's so uncomfortable and awkward. I'm such a fan of it. Uh, it I'm sure just, it was I'm sure also, no one notices. Guys, I don't know if you guys caught it tonight, but like the timing of the jersey was incredible because Shorty was talking about how there was quote unquote debris on the ice. His exact words were there's debris on the ice. And as he said it, you see the ref skate over and hand over the Jersey. And I was like, that's just, that is exactly how this season is going for the Canucks. Mm-hmm. It, it's pretty great because I, I remember last year when it was like, you know, December, whatever, November, someone threw a Jersey on the ice and the outrage in the market was just like, how could they do that? It's so disrespectful to like the name on the the crest. It's like the, the guy doesn't care. Like the only like who cares? No, like, you know what's disrespectful is <laughs> playing being winless this six games into the season. Yeah, denying the like if you you cannot sit in the stands and chant Bruce, there it is, over and over, and then get mad at someone for throwing their jersey on the ice because if you truly believe that it is there, Bruce. Uh, you should want this team to be fighting for that 600th win for old Brucey. And they're not doing it. They're not even trying. That third period effort was... I don't know if I could swear on here, so I gotta really watch myself, but effing pathetic. I could not believe it when I was seeing some of the skating efforts in the D zone. And so, I wish I saw more jerseys on the ice. I think it would be great. Great for the game. It's great for old man outrage. Old man shakes fist at sky stuff. Yeah, do it more. If you guys have the <laughs> the cash to spare, if you're all Chester Ming on Twitter with like eight million jerseys, <laughs> go for it. Throw as many as you can. Blanket the crap out of the ice with jerseys. If it if you feel so, do it. I feel like that's uh, that's the general consensus in the chat so far. I there's you know there I'm are surprised people, even, actually yeah I thought that would be more heated but almost everyone's like if I'm at the game I would throw a fake jersey on the ice I Robert who's our our uh, intrepid mod says I'd rather them tossing a shirt jersey thing little kids desperately want those jerseys and that's that's totally fair um but it's still funny I think it would actually be really it would be really funny if like someone was like on a budget and they like went to games and only bought the infant jerseys and threw those on only the ice. Throw the baby jerseys. <laughs> yeah, because then they could keep doing it if they had like tickets for like a month or whatever. Yeah. So they're just like being very economical about it, but really sending a message like my my child is is very upset with the team's performance. That would really upset the players, I think. Then you're really making a message. Oh, this is a great comment. Last comment in the chat so far. What's disrespectful is how management seems to be doing the mediocrity now direction again after all the betting years. Yes. Yeah. I think that's, that's what... probably the most frustrating thing is like, we all thought Jim Rutherford was going to be this huge change. He said all the right things about how this team is really far away and we are just here again, living mm-hmm. the same season again. Yeah. It uh, it really is rough when you hear like all the this very progressive thought of like you know we're gonna really evaluate we're gonna not gonna settle in with any plan like we're gonna really evaluate where we are, where we are even after like the run where they almost like made playoffs they were like you know coaching you know wasn't great we're not gonna extend Bruce because you know we still think there's room to improve here which is like whoa okay wow they're not gonna just go off a small sample size and uh, assume everything's improved. But then they 
you know, see Ilya Mikhaev is available and they immediately throw 20 million at him. Uh, then they triple down and sign JT Miller to a giant extension instead of just, you know, playing out the season and seeing what you can get at the trade deadline or signing him then. Like it's, it's just like, oh no, it's, it's empty calories. The words that they're choosing or they were choosing where you thought like maybe it'll be different, but now it's just more of the same, but it's new gym. As you guys say on the broadcast, it's it's just new new gym, same as old gym, which is horrifying if you're a Canuck fan where you just got out of eight years of misery and it's like, oh, here's more of the same, but like in a different or a slightly different package. It's like, oh, bummer. Yeah, it's just just brutal. <laughs> um, okay, one last question for you. How long <laughs> does it take Bruce to get his 600th win. Oh, <laughs> uh, poor Bruce. I Hopefully the next game, because, like, the guy's been waiting a long time, and, like, he, he could have got it against, like, teams he's already coached for. Could have got it against Washington. He could have got it <laughs> against uh, Minnesota. So, I mean, th- is it going to be Anaheim? Is it going to be game 11? Are they going to lose 10 straight before winning one, and they're going to do it on game 11 of the year? Like, I hope not, because, I mean, it's great for content and, like, for good laughs, like, because at the end of the day, like, if you're not, if you're not laughing at the Canucks struggles, like, I don't know why you'd be watching them at this point. Uh, <laughs> but, like, that's a lot of losing. That's a, that's a lot of guys buying infant jerseys and throwing them on the ice. So hopefully it's not that long because, you know, Bruce looks so frustrated and so much of the fun of last year was just, like, hearing his chipper attitude and you know he's doing his cameos post games and he's you know doing the rallying cry for the market like don't worry things are gonna get better you can't see him on the bench every game just like shaking his head and looking miserable like that sucks nobody wants to watch that for 82 games so yeah they gotta i don't know how they're gonna do it though that's the thing you got carolina next seattle who's apparently like the achilles heel of the canucks because they just keep losing to them in preseason they're not doing so hot in the regular season either. And yet Pittsburgh, maybe it's New Jersey because New Jersey's New Jersey. And, you know, they'll keep doing New Jersey things and probably lose in an embarrassing fashion. But they're not easy games. So I don't know. I hope it doesn't take that long because I, as much as I love laughing, I just can't, I can't deal with a 10 game losing streak because the takes, oh, yeah. uh, the takes will be so bad. They're already bad as it is. Like, some, like and the I, people I, that are I like, Bedard, tank for Bedard. Everyone who says tank for Bedard. We played <laughs> Buffalo tonight. Just a reminder, we will never get the first overall pick. They could go, I, saw, I said this the other night, they can go 0-82. We would still lose the draft lottery. That is that is the fate of this franchise. I, I can't remember if I tweeted this or not, but I, I had said, like, if you're a Canucks fan, even if they won first overall, at this point in your Canucks fandom after the last 10 years of suffering, don't you have like this inkling of doubt that the Canucks would bother or they wouldn't even bother taking Bedard first overall. They would go off the board for someone else. Like it would be a complete layup where like Connor Bedard's like literally walking down the steps with his Canucks, you know, PJs on. And then they like announce like, Oh, we're taking Seamus Casey. And then just like the air is let out of the room. Canucks fans have, you know, another eight years of sadness in them because they could have had the hometown hero and didn't take him. Like, gonna happen I, I don't know why you'd be wanting them to tank at this point because <laughs> they would totally blow it it's just the way oh it goes God. 
on that depressing note. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Thanks for having me on. This is what happens when you start the season winless. Uh, yes. On that note, Canucks take on the Canes on Monday. Uh, we will be back with It Won't Be Me. I think it's Kaya on Monday. Uh, but thanks again to Cody for joining us. Uh, if you are, If you haven't liked, rated, or subscribed to the show yet, please do. And uh, we'll see you guys on Monday. Bye, guys.